Welcome into the Sun Devil Source Report podcast. I'm your host, Rob Warner. And today's episode continues a series of off-season interviews Sun Devil Stories publisher Chris Cartman has recently conducted with Arizona State football coaches. Today, you'll hear his interview with first-year defensive back coach Chris Hawkins, who's believed to be ASU's youngest ever position coach in the modern era. Hawkins was just 24 when hired by Sun Devil head coach Herm Edwards in late December. He previously worked as a graduate assistant at his alma mater, USC, where he worked with defensive backs after playing in the secondary for the Trojans from 2014 to 2017. While at USC, Hawkins played his first season at cornerback before moving to safety for the next three. He totaled 234 tackles, four interceptions, and six passes defended in 36 career starts for the Trojans. An all-Pac-12 honorable mention in 2016 and 2017, Hawkins served as one of USC's captains in his senior year and won the team's Trojan Way Leadership Award while also notching 88 tackles on the season. Following last season, ASU lost three-year starting cornerback Kobe Williams, who was signed as an undrafted free agent by the Jacksonville Jaguars. Even so, the Sun Devils do return a veteran group to their secondary, led by senior cornerbacks Chase Lucas and Jack Jones, senior safety Evan Fields, and junior safety Ashari Crosswell. In this podcast, Hawkins provides his initial thoughts on the experienced talent he has inherited throughout the team's defensive backfield, including what it will take for some of his key players to elevate their play in pursuit of all-conference status and their NFL aspirations. The voice you hear next is Cartman, followed by Hawkins. Okay, we're joined now by Chris Hawkins, Arizona State defensive backs coach. Coach, how you doing out there? Uh, I'm doing pretty well, man. I can't, I can't really complain. We're, we're pretty much quarantined. I'm in California right now, uh, just visiting some family, making sure my mom, my dad, my grandmother, and everybody is, is in good health. So I, I can't really complain right now. Uh, how about yourself? I'm doing great, man. I appreciate you asking. So uh, trying to keep the, the mind and the body fully engaged, right? Get the workouts in, get uh, do some reading, do some research, some studying, trying to learn some things. Absolutely. Yeah, so... Um, this would have been your first spring evaluation period on the road. Um, yeah. Not getting that. What do you think? What do you think that does? It seems like everybody is really relying on film evaluations for younger guys at this point. What, what do you think about just kind of the the constraints that are put on you from a recruiting standpoint right now? Yeah. Now, obviously, everybody you know wants to be out on the road recruiting. You kind of, you kind of don't get the opportunity with, with with COVID going on, and 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 it's hard. And I, I want to say it's harder for recruits because there's some guys out there that may not be able to be seen when they were supposed to. You know, there's always a there's always a, a couple sleeper guys out there that you that you really enjoy looking at through the spring and, and winter process of recruiting. That now we won't get that opportunity, but I think our staff in general, Arizona that we did a great job of of hitting a lot of areas throughout the whole, the, the winter process once I got hired. I want to say I went to Georgia, Florida, Nevada. Uh, obviously, I hit California, uh, Virginia, Maryland. We hit, a, we hit a good amount of the spots where a, a, a lot of the guys that we like to recruit are. And I think, I think we did a great job, me, AP, Prentice. We did a good job of, of hitting the road for, for a few days there and getting that thing done. So, I want to say I can I can rely on on the information that we gained throughout that whole process, and I, I think we've done a good job so far of, of identifying those specific guys that we like to go after. 
that makes sense. And, and so many of these guys that we've spoken with um, and uh, ASU's players also have just talked about the ability to relate and connect with you, just given the, the closeness and age. Uh, between that and just the, the being on that young grind, uh, how important do you think those things are in, in trying to accomplish what you're out there to do uh, in terms of the, the talent acquisition side? Yeah, uh, well, obviously I'm, I just turned 24, I mean 25 in March. So obviously I'm, I'm closer to age of other players than I am of pretty much the rest of the coaches. And I, I think that I, I just use that to my advantage. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of kids out there that that are, that are looking for a certain thing, and re, relatability is one of them. And I feel like I relate to almost every recruit, no matter from the standpoint of family, fashion, anything like that, and just just playing football. Because yeah. I can I can honestly say that I've done in this century what you guys are trying to accomplish. I was one of those coaches that were a top 60 player in the country. According to all the publications, I was one of I was an Army All American back when it was called the Army All American Bowl. Uh, chose chose USC obviously, and now I'm trying to basically relay my message from what I've learned in college to these kids to help them make the best decision for them, whether that be coming coming to ASU and, and playing for me or going somewhere else. You know, I never want to steer a kid wrong. If ASU is not the place for him, then, then 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 it's not the place for him. You know what I mean? Yeah, you're definitely a lot, you know, more up to date on what you know kids are doing nowadays. I, I you're the first coach that ASU's had on its staff who I actually spoke with when he was a recruit himself, <laughs> which, is, <laughs> which is you know it's pretty crazy uh, that it's kind of you know we're at that point, but. Uh, but this industry is sort of, you know, it's, it's established in that, in that kind of way. So when you just kind of, as you're diving into this at ASU, what do you think about the potential for, from a recruiting standpoint uh, with not just you, but the, the, the collection of coaches that you guys have assembled now? Yeah, uh, I think, I mean, I think Hearn and AP have, have done a great job putting this staff together. You know, they've, they've mixed a lot of, different minds and different brains when it comes to just football as well as when it comes to, you know, being personal. You know, you could, you could AP is a, was a 10-year NFL vet. We all know what Herman's done, what Marvin's done. You had a guy like Prince, who, who's very known on the, on, the, on the West Coast. A guy like Derek Hagen, who's obviously known out here. And, and it's, just, it's just a great mixture, you know, a great mixture of, of guys and, and, you know, I, I love working with these guys every, every day. You know, I love going into the office. There's, there's never a day where I'm like, okay, I got to go work with these dudes. It's never, it's never like that. So I think they've done a great job of, of putting this staff together to the point that where we can go compete with anybody in the country for, for a lot of recruits. If you, if you, if you really look at it, at the recruits nationally, we're in a lot of guys' top fives. Now we have to do a good job at finishing out on recruits, but Right now, a lot of people are interested in Arizona State, obviously, and a lot of that is due to the the diversity of this staff, the the youth, just the youth per se, as well as the experience that it that it that it brings as well. So I think they've done a great job right now, and, and I'm happy to be a part of it. Yeah, and you guys are you guys are installing in this uh, new defense. So what do you think about 
how that kind of is shaping up and uh, and the secondary in particular as part of that. Yeah, uh, this is obviously we're installing the new defense. We got new defense coordinator Marvin and, and AP are gonna obviously go hand in hand when it comes to when it comes to all that. But you know, I, I think it's I think it's good for our kids. You know, they they were in a system last year that they were that they were used to, and now they get a a a, a different chance to play in a system that's more so suited, you know, for the NFL and how the NFL works. So that when it's time for that. If they get that opportunity, that they're that they're pretty familiar with that style of defense, and it's 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 a it's a style of defense that I kind of played in when I was a player not too not too long ago. So I'm I'm pretty used to it. A lot of the terminology is the same. You would say it's the you know Clancy Pendergast, my old old defensive coordinator yeah. being from the NFL, and and Marv being from the NFL. You can you can kind of say you can see the relativity within the defenses and how the NFL talks and uses certain terms and. And I can say I'm comfortable in it, and I'm doing everything I can to make sure that my players are comfortable in it too. So when it comes down time to play games, that we're not we're not lost out there. Everybody knows what they're they're doing, and and obviously that comes with having leadership. You know, I think I got a the old one of the oldest groups on the team, and and I was fortunate to be able to walk in here and and have a guy like Jack Jones who's played a lot of football, Chase Young who's played a lot of football. Evan, Evan Fields, the Shari Croswell, who's played, played a lot of football, as well as the Cam Phillips. So I'm, I'm very fortunate for the group that I have, and it's just my job to get these guys ready to play on Sunday. I mean, on Saturday. Yeah, def- yeah definitely. And then maybe Sunday after that, right? Now that's oh, absolutely. Goal. Yeah, so do, absolutely. You think, do you think that, um, that this style of defense, because it does come from NFL roots, is going to help prepare those guys more for that? Yeah, yeah, because I, obviously I was in an NFL training camp and at the Seahawks, and this type of this this style of defense was was the same style that they used, same terminology and everything. So, from from what I understand, this is the NFL style of defense, and as long as my guys can relate to it and play fast and play well in it, I think they'll be well suited for when it's time to, if they get that opportunity, to go to the NFL. Right, and so last year's defense. Um, they use three safeties, really, one kind of being a hybrid type of a guy. Uh, you, yeah. you have two, two safeties now. Um, so mm-hmm. it's, it's, it, and, and the recruiting has really kind of gone well in the secondary in recent years. So it seems mm-hmm. like you have a, a wealth of players at your, at your positions, as you said, and very experienced group. So what, would you, what would you say about just where you're at overall from a personnel standpoint? Oh, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty much loaded. From 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 a personnel standpoint, from a from a uh, a, depth, a depth chart standpoint, from a, a point to where you know I have guys that can come off the bench and play for me if, if need be. I have a, a a group of guys that can that can really go. And a competition is there every day. Obviously, they're competing. They're doing drills, sending me drill tape. Like, coach, this is what I'm doing. You know, there a lot of I got a lot of guys that are eager to play. And yeah. And and and, and that, that's a good thing because I feel like I'm I'm a wealthy a young wealthy man right now in this business because of because of the players I have on my team and the players that are willing to play for me. So, you know, like I said before, it's just it's just my duty to instill the the confidence and the will, you know, to one up there and do their best uh, every Saturday. So you're you're trying to, you know, get under the hood on some of the, some of your players and figure out kind of what makes them tick. 
uh, so get the most out of them, right? So you look at like a Shari Crosswell, for example, um, really like jumped onto the scene as a freshman. I think that, you know, last year the, the some of the coaches said that he maybe didn't have as much of a progression as they had hoped, but at the same time it's still clearly one of the better safety, young safeties in the conference. What do you think about just where he's at going into this year and what are the keys for him? Uh, yeah, Shari is, I would say, was having one of the better springs out of anybody, you know, on our roster up until this whole this whole COVID thing happened. And mm-hmm. this is a guy I look to really take that next step, that leadership role, you know, when it comes to, to being one of the vocal guys in the secondary. You know, I've, I've had multiple private talks with him where, I basically told him, look, you gotta, you gotta be the guy to move forward. You gotta be the one to, to take that next step. And hopefully, well, obviously, I think he, I think he's listening. He was having one of the better springs, and he, he he's just an all-around playmaker. When, when his, when his, when his mind is straight, he, he's focused. His body is right. He's one, of, he's one of the best agents in the conference, and I truly believe that. Yeah, AP said that he's good when he's able to hang back and be more of a center fielder type of a guy, you know, get, mm-hmm. cover, the, cover the space, be able to sort of anticipate what's going to happen and read it and see it with time to react to it. Um, this this defensive scheme, it, it seems like it's well-suited for him in those respects, right? Yeah, absolutely. He, he He's right now, he's playing that free safety role for me where he's, you know, a lot of the times he's in that post, he gets to cover a lot of space and a lot of ground. And I will say he's done a great job at learning defense, being able to vocalize the defense. And I, I look forward to see what he's going to do this year. Mm-hmm. What what stands out about Evan Fields? He's kind of a – he's very intense. Uh, I think that last year he made a huge jump uh, with, with his game. And he's one of the faster guys that, that are out there, you, you know, very athletic. Um, what are kind of some of the keys to him within the scheme and then just him personally? Yeah, that's my uh, – Evan is, is is my hammer, basically. My guy yeah. that's really w- willing to bring the uh, the boom to every play. You know, he's he's kind of a quiet guy, but I'm I'm kind of getting him getting him out that shell. You know, he has to be a real guy for me, especially going in you know to his senior year. You know, he wants to leave no doubt that he's one that he's one of the best guys, obviously in this conference. So I'm looking for him to make another another leap forward. He, he played great last year. I watched all the games. He was he was a great dude last year. Now I'm looking for him to really be that physical force in the secondary. Mm-hmm. Are you the other guys who are competing there in the depth chart? Um, you know whether that's the Kiwan, Willie Hart, um, KJ Jarrell, Cam Phillips. Like what? What are you seeing kind of from some of these guys and where they're at right now? Yeah, all those guys you just named are, are definitely showing flashes. I didn't get to see Cam Phillips because he wasn't because he was at home dealing with family issues during during the spring. Right, but all the other the other guys you just named, Willie Hart, uh, Kiwan, those dudes are, are are really making strides as well as KJ. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're just getting smarter every day, and they each show flashes of what they really can do. You know what I mean? So I'm I'm really I'm really looking forward to to seeing what they do in, in fall camp if we have a fall camp, and you know, on into the season because I know a, a guy like KJ was really making strides. You yeah. know, coming downhill. And uh, Kiwan is, is one of the most versatile hat guys I have, you know, with his with his speed and ability to play the post and get from sideline to sideline. So I'm really looking forward to seeing what these guys can do once we get back in pads. Yeah. When you have lockdown corners 
on the outside, you know as well as anyone, like what that provides to your defense in terms of your ability to get after the quarterback and playing a variety of different coverages uh, and, and, and just really not even have to uh, just trust that you're going to be able to lock up and man. What, what, what do Chase Lucas and Jack Jones with all of their experience and where they're at going into this season, what does that provide you and, and how high are your expectations for them? Yeah, uh, well, my expectations for those two are through the roof. I expect those two to be the best, I mean, duo in, in the Pac-12, realistically, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, my, when you have guys like that who can play man-to-man all game and really not take a, take a playoff, uh, it, it provides you with a lot of versatility within the defense. You can do a lot of, you can do a lot more things, with, you know, within within the scheme of things, and it's especially if you're confident within the matchups, which most likely I will be every week. And so have, having those two dudes are, are are going to be great for me. And I, and like I told both of them, I expect you guys to be the best one, two, however it may be. Chase may be one, Dak may be two, Dak may be one, Chase may be two. I expect you guys to be the best corners in the conference. Mm-hmm. And and like I told you before, it's up to me to instill that confidence to where. They feel that and they and they actually believe it. You know, a lot of times players go out there and they don't really believe, you know, they should be out there or that, that, that they're the best on the field. I'm here to instill that confidence to, to where all of my players feel like they're the best player on the field. So that was when, when, when announcers are talking and other people are talking and it's rumblings of who's the best, that they have a chip on their shoulder and they're, they're ready to go prove otherwise. You know, the, the corners are pretty enigmatic guys, right? They, they're the different breed almost. And and Jack and Chase, really, they fit that mold, right? Um, and confidence is, is, is key, as you're saying. Do you feel like just your closeness in terms of almost being, in some respects, kind of like a peer to them is an asset in, in getting them in, in the right mindset for being the players that they're capable of being? Yeah, Absolutely. Because they feel like I'm not just the the, the, the regular coach. You know, I, I can talk to them about literally anything. Yeah. You know, whether it comes to not even not even when it comes to football, when it comes to, you know, talking about, you know, their relationships with, with, with their girls or, you know, Jack just had a baby. So mm-hmm. I can talk to him about that. When it comes to just talking about fashion and, and maybe what outfit to wear to certain events, what shoes to put on with certain outfits, I'm I'm an open book for those guys. You know, they, they've taken full, full advantage of it, and you can tell that, that they, they, they really, really trust me. You know, that was the whole thing about coming into this young. Is all, all these players going to trust you? Are they going to feel like you're going to put them in the right spot to make the right plays on the field? Do you really care about them? Do you care about if they're doing good outside of football? You know, I think I've done a, a pretty good job at, at being relatable to these guys toward the point, to the point where they, they, they really believe that, you know, that, that I'm really, really – you know, I really, really care about them, and obviously I do. They're my players, and I, and I, and I feel like it's, it's my responsibility to get them to the next level, and I, and I think they know that. And this, this nickel position is interesting. You know, it's not – I mean, it's a, it's a traditional nickel position, but just given what the defense was the last couple of years in the three three five, they didn't they didn't utilize it. So what do you think about where – Jordan Clark and T. Lee are at. They were kind of in the 2D team like in, in spring ball there. Uh, Jordan Clark seemed like um, similar to Kobe Williams in a lot of respects, to my eye, anyways. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, like like we were talking about before, they played with they played with the, the three safety look last year, and now we're going to a more traditional two, you know, three safety, strong safety, and a, and a traditional nickelback. And coming in, you know, Marv and AP basically said we got to figure out who the nickelback is. So it was it was my duty to to watch a few workouts and see how the guys moved because there's a certain there's a certain skill level you got to have at nickelback and a certain way you have to move. So I, after watching a few workouts, watching how the guys moved and, and seeing the quick twitch of some of the players, you know, Jordan Clark stuck out to me as well as T. Lee. You know, just, just having the quickness and the speed to, to be able to last, you know, last in the slot all day. Uh, and I, I think both of them are doing well. For To not have a position and then guys to come out and, and play it and not feel like, you know, it's new to them, you know, like they've never been in that much space before or anything like that. I think they've done a great job. Obviously, Jordan Clark was was starting before we before we left, but you know that was only seven practices in. Yeah, it was only seven practices in. We hadn't I haven't seen anybody tackle yet. I haven't any I haven't seen anybody really live yet. So sure. things things can change and things will change, obviously. But I just I just like the the competition that I'm breeding, you know, within my guys. Mm-hmm. And then. Just like Keon Markham and Tamarcus Davis, I mean, those guys are, they have size and athleticism, and Tamarcus is kind of a freak athlete who's, you know, sort of figuring out how to play the position, and really, really Keon, too. Um, it must be nice having those guys kind of waiting in the wings that you have the ability to, to help develop. Yeah, absolutely. When you got six foot one and six foot two corners just, just waiting up, you know, you know, hungry to get in the game. That's a good, it's a good feeling. You know, especially when it, when when they both can run really really fast. And, and, and the next thing about those two is we we have to get them to the point to where when they get in they can they can still obtain the, you know the smartness of the football game. To where when they get in there's no there's no hiccup there's no there's no missteps. It's coach I know exactly what I'm doing on every single play. Mm-hmm. That's just the next step that we have to take with them. And I think they were taking great strides in that during the spring. And I think they'll keep moving forward as well. There, there were I noticed um, quite a bit more interceptions uh, in spring ball this year, even in the half of spring ball versus the previous spring ball. I don't know if you know this, but Jaden Daniels only threw one interception in the first 15 practices of spring ball, and it was on a fourth down in, on, in the spring game. It was literally his last throw, which is a situational. Um, so it, it seems like. There, you guys are presenting some pictures to quarterbacks that maybe are a little bit more difficult uh, to figure out. You know, in terms of what kind of coverage is going to be, getting a, a just a cleaner sense pre-snap of what you might be in. Uh, a, you know, kind of adjusting, moving things on, on the fly. Uh, can you just give me your perspective on uh, the importance of that into a defense? And uh, and just kind of what your capability may be in that regard. Yeah, uh, well, to start off, I, we, we I specifically, you know, within within my group and, and in my meeting room, I preach getting the ball. Mm-hmm. Game of football is all about the ball. There's one ball, who has it? Yeah, you always want the ball. The best spot for a defense is on the sideline. So I, I preach, you know, getting the ball. I've showed multiple NFL takes of, of guys getting interceptions and, and guys getting getting paid off just getting the ball. So I, it's, it's something that I, that I preach, you know, within my room and, 
and and and, and we call it money. You know, every ball in the air is money. Yeah, when you're dropping the ball, it's money. It's green and it's green in the air. Every time you see that ball in the air, it's green. Yeah, and we all have the green light to go get it. So you know, it's something, it's something that I, that I preach and 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 something that I will live by throughout whenever whenever I'm coaching. Whether that's at Arizona State, whether whether it's in the NFL or whatever, wherever I'm at, I will preach going to get the ball. And mm-hmm. I think Coach Marv has has done a great job of emphasizing that as well. And and you can see in the in the in the uh, in the spring that we were we were big on going to get the ball, wherever yeah. it's at, find it. Yeah. Is there is there a, a disguised coverage capability that plays into that 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 mentality and that sort of mindset that you guys have? Yeah, you know, you always want to – it's college football. You know, if you give the quarterback the same look every time, he's going to pick you apart, mm-hmm. no matter in what conference it is. So it's 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 big on our, our corners and takes as well as nickels to do a good job disguising coverages. You know, you might you might play with it like you're blitzing and you're not. You know, you might show it too high, but you're really in one. Or show it too high, drop down to one, and then get back to two high. It's, it's really an allotment, you know, of, of what they can do. And we, we kind of give them the freedom to, to work their disguises. But at the end of the day, when I'm all the snap, you better be in the right, the right spot to make the right play and do your job. Never let your disguise take you out of your job. So you're one of the youngest coaches um, in Pac-12 history, maybe the youngest, I don't know. Um, just how does it feel as you kind of embark on this from a personal standpoint and just obviously Herm giving you the opportunity and having – these these old head you know guys Marvin and Herm and Dave Christensen and Slocum as part of this really diverse staff. Yeah, uh, you know I take that you know I, I take that you know as something that that I'm very grateful for. You know Herm Herm and, and Arizona State didn't have to you know didn't have to hire me you know but they took a chance on a young guy and I'm just trying to make the the best out of out of what I can. You know, and obviously that's going to start when it, you know, when it comes to recruiting. Mm-hmm. You know, recruiting, recruiting is everything in college football. I, I want to say 80% of, of somebody's program can be just based off recruiting. You know, look at what Oregon has done over the past past three, four years. They've been great in recruiting, and now now they're looking great. You know, on the field. So when it when it when it comes to recruiting, I take pride in that. You know, talking to recruits every day. You know, there's not a day where I don't. Maybe a Sunday, but there's not a day other than that where I don't, you know. And I, and I take, I take pride in bringing ASU some of the top recruits in the country. I, I, I really do. Yeah, and I, I, I'm hearing rumors about maybe a competition ongoing between you and Prentice and AP. So who's gonna win that one? Who's gonna win that one, man? Uh, I, I would say I'm. I, I mean, I'm confident myself that I'm gonna win. But I think <laughs> if you ask those other two the same thing, they'll. They'll have the same answer I, I'm going to have. You have to, you know, right? I'm, I'm very – yeah, absolutely. If you're not confident you can get these kids and these kids can relate to you, and you're not going to win. You know, I, I breed. We, we, like, like we said before, we breed competition over here. And between me, AP, and, and, uh, and Prentice, we feel like we're all some of the best recruiters, you know, in the pack as well as the country, even though I haven't really – me or Prentice haven't really had a, a, a class yet, but I just know what I can bring to the table. And I know how hard I'm going to work for it. So yeah, there's a competition, and and I feel like I'm gonna win. Well, you know, I said 24/7 sports are are going to do our part in trying to evaluate that as best as we possibly can. So absolutely, uh, 
Yeah, so I appreciate, Coach, you taking some time to speak with us. And um can't believe I was covering you when you were 16, 17 years old and now uh, as a coach. But uh, looking forward to being able to get out there and watch you guys practice as soon as it's safe to do so. And we're all, uh, I think all ASU fans out there are probably anxious to get going too. Absolutely. I thank you and I appreciate you. Okay, Coach. We'll talk to you later. Thank you. All right, we hope you enjoyed our interview with Hawkins, and you can also read the Q&A on Sun Devil Source, as well as other reporting we'll have on the team's defensive backs this offseason. Be on the lookout in your feeds for the rest of our position coach interviews in the weeks to come. Thank you for tuning in. Akuna Matata.